Hello, listeners. It's Autumn coming at you from the editing room. Um, just a couple quick scheduling slash programming notes. Um, so if you are a $5 patron, um, you might have been expecting a Billy Bat conclusion episode about volume 16 through 20. We recorded that with Jackson, um, and that was supposed to go out um, just a few days ago. There were some technical technical difficulties with that recording, uh, and in the editing process, I just had to sort of like say, this is a wash. This isn't happening. Like it just, that episode just was not, we're not able to be, put that episode out. So, um, we have a plan. I'm going to run this plan down for you right now. Obviously today in the free feed and on the Patreon feed, you're getting this episode about Kate Beaton's ducks. Uh, very excited for you all to hear that. I thought we had a great discussion, um, about this book and then, Two days from now, um, Rick and I will be joined by Mark of Higgly Biggly Will Statements and other podcasts to talk about um, understanding comics by Co- Scott McCloud, not Cotton McCloud. <laughs> um, we'll be talking about understanding comics. Um, very excited about that. Um, I need to do a little math in my head about various things. I think that will be a free episode, but I don't. I don't know. I think the um, I think the schedule says that that should be a paid episode, but I think my heart says that should be a free episode. So maybe we'll try to do back to back paid episodes. Anyway, um, after the day after our recording with Mark, I'm going on vacation um, for a couple days, and then I return from my vacation, and either on the day I return or the day after, Rick. Jackson and I will all get together. We're going to talk about top 10, um, as I believe has been previously announced on the show. I don't know. If we have not previously announced it, top 10 is a late 90s, early aughts comic uh, written by Alan Moore, uh, art by, um, yeah, Gene Ha and Xander Cannon, it looks like. Rick, Jackson, and I, next week, we'll talk about top 10, and we'll just incorporate into it... Um, The first segment, we'll talk about Billy Bat, um, the first five volumes and the whole thing. And then once we finish talking about that, we'll move on to talking about top 10. I think it'll be a little better that way. Um, You know, we do everything so spontaneous off the cut, off the cuff. This is not a podcast that's driven by notes or um, like we've got two segments, but it's not, you know, like. It would be hard for us to have this conversation a second time, basically. And so we're going to be, um, we will do our best to have that conversation a, a second time in the first part of that podcast. And then we will just transition over into talking about top 10. Um, and so you, who knows, maybe you'll get a little bulkier episode out of it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, then after that, I don't think we have our next thing figured out. Um, I had the idea while recording this little editing thing that, like, maybe since um, patrons kind of, like, lost out on um, one of the things we said we were going to do, I might, like, Rick and I could, like, brainstorm, like, hey, here's four ideas and then throw it to a Patreon poll. I haven't run that by Rick yet. Maybe Rick will just be like, oh, no, I have this idea. And I'll be like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's just do that. A lot of people signed up to support us because of covering Billy Bat. And I appreciate all those folks. And I want to make sure that y'all are getting what you paid for. And so maybe throwing in a little like listener, you know, feedback maybe is the word. I don't know. Uh, Let y'all decide what's next. Anyway, um, yeah. I think that's everything. So without further ado, I'll take you now to the episode we recorded a couple days ago about Kate Beaton's Ducks, an absolutely fantastic book, fantastic episode. I hope you enjoy.
everybody. Welcome back to Coffee and Comic Books. I'm Autumn. I'm joined as always by Rick. Hello. And you might be looking at your podcast feed and thinking, ducks, but where's where's the last episode of Billy Bat? And the answer is, I don't know. We're figuring it out. There was a little audio, there was a problem with the audio and I'm going to figure that out maybe before you hear this episode and this little intro that I'm saying right now won't make any sense. <laughs> Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Um... But Rick, uh, what have you been reading this week? Uh, I have read two issues of Crickets. Do you know what Crickets is? I do not. Do you know who Sammy Harkum is? Sammy Harkum, that name rings a bell. Uh, he is a editor for he um helped he published uh, Kramer's Ergot, the long running anthology series, and no um his brother and him ran a film thing that kind of blew up in Los. I don't know the details about this, and there's some like weird things going on about it. Uh, the Cine Family thing. Okay. <laughs> in LA. But anyways, I don't know the whole story of that, so I'm not gonna talk about it. Um he's like he's like I guess you could describe him as like the dirtbag left of indie comics would be the best way to describe him. <laughs> in like in like a more flattering way than that comes off across, especially in twenty twenty three. But anyways, uh he started doing crickets a while ago and then in issue three he started the big story of that book it's called uh, it's called blood of the virgin which is it's a story of um a guy who is making like low budget horror movies basically for studios okay. and his wife and it's just some of the best like people being in places with other people like going to parties and like talking to people on sets and like that kind of stuff like it's it's just like low-key melodrama of the best kind Okay. And it's riveting. And it sounds the cool good. the cool thing about these volumes is so this book does stuff that like it doesn't like end stuff cleanly. Like the way I'll describe this is like something one of the issues will end with like a fight happening, but the next issue won't pick up that fight and it'll be like a few months after that, so you don't even know what happened from there. You just you oh, know, kinda go yeah. with the flow. Yeah, it kinda just like lets you fill in the blanks yourself. Mm-hmm. And, like, his style is, like, it's looks so gorgeous. It's yeah, I'm looking just, at, like, a couple, like, uh, things on Google Images right now, and it's really good. Yeah. And, like, especially, like, the last issue, which all the stuff happens, like, the movie gets finished, all the, like, the stuff you expect to happen. And then it's just these two guys talking about movies in a diner for, like, 30 pages, and then it ends with them, like, walking through this de- decrepitated house. It's so good. Okay, and then shit. the the whole thing is yeah, it's just like it's like sad people trying to work in like horror movies in like the seventies, basically, and it's just what you want to, if you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> Which I imagine people listening to this podcast, and also you are. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you're not into um, like <laughs> sad people making horror movies in the seventies, I don't know what you're getting out of this podcast. <laughs> Um, and the reason it, it, it skipped a lot from like issues coming out. And the reason it finally finished was because I believe there's a book coming out that's collecting all of it. So it'll be a thing that, cause this is a very small pressing that you can't find early issues of anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice thing that it's, it will be available for people to read. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, I guess the other thing is the issue ends with like a three page boxing comic about a famous boxing match where the more of the story is these two guys beat the living hell of each other. But the guy that makes all the money is the guy who built the <laughs> boxing stadium in the first place. Right. So, yeah, it's like the movie business, one could say. <laughs> <laughs> one might say. Yeah. But what have you been reading? Um, I have been reading um, a fuckload of Inuyasha. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah um i just i just love my shitty dog boyfriend um <laughs> i um yeah i so i saw the anime as a kid um and i read in because rumiko takahashi's manga wasn't available digitally for years and years that i inuyasha hit like comicsology at the end of 2020 i remember um and I started reading the series digitally in 2021, but then I just didn't stick with it. I read like the first in America, they have them as uh, the Viz big ones. So it's three Tonkoban all in one um, 
book and um i read the first one of those in 2021 and then just kind of set it to the side and i haven't been back to it um and i'm yeah i'm coming back to it now and it's fucking lovely i think that um takahashi's like um style is just so good it's just like mashing together like here's like some romance manga stuff here's like very like her faces are very like um remind me a lot of like um say tezuka or ishinomori like a lot of like earlier mangaka who have like more cartoony faces Mm -hmm. um and like but then it's still like you get your fun shonen stuff you get your like really cool fucking yokai stuff you get just like i'm gonna draw some really fucking gross like serial killer shit for one chapter (laughs) um uh it's just kind of like it has the space in it to be so many different things you know i i'm not even mentioning how it's like halfway in isekai but not really um because when it's not an isekai it has the room to be kind of a sailor moon type like um not even like sailor moon but just like you know all sorts of like toku stuff that's um like heroes in an urban setting um it just it just can be anything it wants from from one chapter to the next and it just feels so fun to read and i also i just love the shitty dog boyfriend so much i just adore him <laughs> He's so terrible, and I love him. <laughs> um, not a lot to say about Inuyasha. It's not, like, deep or anything, but it is... Um, there's a lot of it, and it's just a joy to read, I guess, you know? It was always the one that came on the TV, like, right before or after whatever I wanted to watch. Yes, absolutely. I don't think I ever, like... I I. I remember watching Inuyasha as a kid and it was never like I was putting on Inuyasha. It was like, oh, I put on Dragon Ball and after Dragon Ball, there was Rurouni Kenshin and then after Rurouni Kenshin, there was um, Inuyasha or whatever, which, you know, uh, glad I'm still reading Inuyasha and not going back to Rurouni Kenshin. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... Um... But yeah, that's just been, it's just been very fun. It's just been very, like, this is why I like reading comics, you know, of just, like... Oh, yeah. I have I have a nice, long series that I will just get to read over, like, the next, like, however many months. Um, and uh, it's just fun, you know? It's just no thoughts had empty fun, so... Um, you know what's not no thoughts had empty fun? Is <laughs> Ducks by Kate Beaton. Okay, so, Autumn... Yes. Before reading this book, what did you know about Alberta? Not a not a goddamn thing. Um something that really hit me reading this book is that um like I I know that in Canada um there's a lot of like I want to say controversy that feels like putting it lightly about um how the canadian government um uses lands that once uh belonged to indigenous people uh much like there is in a, in the US as well that is about the only thing that i knew in any way you know we like news about any of this sort of stuff just does not make its way to the states really so the the way that the funny part about the way i is introduced cuz i've never been out west but like in school, like you first you learn like the geog- like the, you see the map, and then you learn where the capital is. Mm-hmm. Then you learn about the Stampede and how Edmonton has the, one of the biggest malls in the world. All like <laughs> the big facts that are in like geography books and all that stuff. And then you learn like you hear things like when you're in like high school, and you're like, oh, did you hear that they don't have taxes the same we do we have here? And you're like, well, that's kind of weird. Or like mm-hmm. uh, the people that work at fast food places make more money because everything out there. It, everyone gets like paid more to keep up with the how much money's out there. Mm-hmm. It's and then you're like, well, that's all weird. And then later on, you learn about like how much of it is all oil and how much that oil is all everywhere. And then you read yeah. a book like this, and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting the way in which this book can like straddle the line between just being like 
the intensely personal memoir of Beaton's times working uh, in the oil sands and how much um, when it when it does when it does talk about like Canada more broadly and Alberta and um, you know First Nations people uh, in Alberta um, it <clears throat> it almost. I think purposefully so. It'll it can feel like an intrusion on like the personal memoir stuff, you know. Uh-huh. Um, um, it feels it feels like an awareness that's like growing in her uh, too. I think the thing this book does that's very like so. This book is not about those things, and I think that's a smart decision because mm-hmm. this because I don't think that really like a lot of that stuff is i guess yeah that's the way to put it a lot of that stuff is like it's obvious and like it, you don't need kate bean to tell you that all that stuff is wrong or you mm. shouldn't i guess is the way to put it you shouldn't need yeah this book to be like you know what's wrong this like be a, basically be a polemic at that point and be like telling you all the stuff that's wrong about the work out there is that that stuff comes through the text but is not the text is not supposed to like be the one that says like and here's why it's wrong yeah, it's not didactic, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And like um, all that's you go. the the thing. The the thing where that changes is like so. There's that there's an essay I mentioned in the, the last episode that might not even come out. <laughs> that might not even be mentioned in that episode, <laughs> um, which is funny to think about now. But anyways, there's an essay about this book because it was received incredibly well by everyone because it, we're going to talk about it's a really good book and it's incredible. Um, mm. But the thing that's missing in all that coverage about like people talking about the book is they like climate change and like that's indigenous stuff barely comes up in people talking about the book beyond the book itself, which is where it gets kind of really weird. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so to like zoom out a little bit and tell listeners who may not know, um, Kate Beaton, obviously most famous for *Hark a Vagrant*, oh, yeah. which is. If you don't know what Harka Vagrant is, um, I, I guess you're probably possible. just younger than me. But yeah, I guess that, that has to be it. It feels crazy because, like, you know, my mom knows Harka Vagrant. So, you know, she, like, yeah, she might I gave, not I know someone, it, but she could, like, if I showed her a strip, she'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember that comic. I gave one of the gift that was Harka Vagrant collected. Yeah, like, like Harka Vagrant was massive, you know? I can still see, like, there's a, there's a, there's one of those strips... That is uh, the president of the United States trying to get people in Canada not to yell at him. And then he's like, we just got to apologize to them. And then there's a picture of like Mounties outside his window, like being really apologetic. And I can see that in my head right now. <laughs> it's just right there. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So Kate Beaton, um, most famous for that. Um, as since Hark of Agrid has stopped, has she has been very active, but... Um, I've definitely been like less aware of her work since Harker uh-huh. Vagrant ended. Um, and part of that is that she's gone through a lot of family stuff. I've been following her on Twitter all these years. And like um, she, she mentions at the end of this book that um, her sister passed of cancer. And we can talk about that um, in a minute if we want to. Uh, and she's also had kids. And so um, when this book came out last year, Ducks, Two Years in the Oil Sands, um, it felt like <clears throat> there was there was just a ton of, of buzz around it just immediately. And I think in part because like, hey, Kate Beaton is back and like she's put out this huge, hefty book and it feels like she's moving into a new phase of her career. Uh, and also there was a lot of buzz and hype around this book because it's fucking incredible. <laughs> And it's like a different gear that you didn't expect to come out of Hark of Vagrant. Yeah. Like I I uh I knew that she wasn't just funny, you know? Yeah. But yeah. like uh-huh. there's so much here that just is like Hark of Vagrant was just kind of like funny and absurd. And this just like does something like totally, totally different, um, while still being like recognizably her style in a huge way. Um uh, so it's funny, that, funny how there are people in this book that look like they're out of Hark of Agar and like people that don't, but they're all in this. It's weird. Yes, absolutely. Like um, there's that one guy later on that has the beard who, who's her boss in like the office part. 
Yes. Who that guy looks like out of that comic from like years ago, but like other people, like even her dad's like a bit different than he was in Hark of Vagrant. Mm-hmm. It's weird, but it's 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 weird seeing like the the pieces of that comic move in these ways. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I I thought of um. There's the last page um, of her at her job in the oil sands, um, and they're throwing her a little like going away party. Uh, and it gets like more and more pencily as it goes on. And like the second to last panel in that page just looks like any page from Mark of Vagrant, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, it's really cool. And the other thing so uh, this book does something I. Because Hark of Vagrant is like a, a standard like webcomic. It's like six, mm-hmm. eight panels. But like it doesn't have spreads. And like it doesn't use scale the way this thing do- can like pull it out. Like when yeah. there's that there's a spread later on this book where she's like standing next to like one of the, the big um the big dump trucks. Like the big dump trucks. It's like, yeah. oh, this art can do that too. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Um the um the the double page spread of like the rainbow over the um long lake camps is just so beautiful especially like in the to the to the right of that image you just see like there's those trees seem like a little barren and it's it, she's purposefully <laughs> drawing it like very scribbly you know um mm-hmm. so that you can't quite tell but it just seems like fucked over like off in the distance somewhere like everything just seems like shitty and poisoned <laughs> You know? And like notably, like the one, the one a few pages after that, the big group photo, mm-hmm. those people are not Kate Beaton characters. No, you know that they're like actual, no. like they're full size people. Yeah, so it it, it looks weird. <laughs> I just noticed that that looks weird. It looks like she probably like drew the photo, or yeah. uh, it feels like maybe she drew the people in the photo and then like zoomed out to show you like the land that they're on. I don't know. Um, it's really cool. Um, yeah, you go. Um, so basically, um, get a little more like plotty. Um, the, 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 the gist is that, uh, Beaton like went to undergrad for an arts degree, um, and finished that up and was very like aware of like, hey, I am not going to be able to pay off my student loans uh, with an arts degree right now. Uh, And so she goes to work in the oil sands um, for two years. She's able to pay off those loans and save up a little bit more after that uh, because they pay you really, really well to work in this, like, dangerous environment, um, and they pay you really well to work so far away from your home. And it is just the, the sort of... The, like, main rhythm of this comic is, like, nine-page, like, or nine-panel, like, strips, uh, basically, um, that are, like, here's one episode, or, like, here's, like, one event that happened, is I just, like, was trying to do my job and had guys looking at my ass, you know? Um, I went to lunch, and all the guys were, like, talking about, like, other girls, um, and like objectifying them and just making me feel like alienated and inhuman. Um, it's a lot of like, uh, I might have lost Rick for a sec. Hello. There we go. <laughs> did, did I cut off there? Uh, you, you sounded like you were going to say something. You, you paused. Oh, I said the whole thing. And then <laughs> to, to me, it My... sounded like you were about to say something paused and then you didn't say anything. I was like, "Oh, I must have misread it," and I just started talking. <laughs> oh, so I just I was I explained the the whole bit about how uh, the Maritimes got mined and forced and mined and fished out of existence due to capitalism, and then everyone has to leave to find jobs everywhere else. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then my computer said, "What if I think for a long time and nothing happens?" And they're like, "God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So good. Yeah. Um. And I didn't hear what you were saying. Also, I was just explaining <laughs> but, to the listeners, um, like the general rhythm of the of the comic is like each page is kind of just like here's a thing that happened. Like there's not a story that continues from one page to the next. It's just like here's a conversation I had. Here is 
Um, some guys harassing me at work. Here is like a party I went to that sucked. Um, stuff like that. It's very, it, it kind of feels like comic strips in a way because things don't always connect from like one page to the next, you know? Yeah. And also her like job makes that, facilitates that really well because her job is behind a desk giving out tools to people. So it obviously works into like someone comes up to the job and then they have a conversation and the next person comes to the job and then they have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And like by volume, I think it's mostly guys being shitty to her. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it absolutely just like starts to wear you down as a reader in some ways because it is just like page after page after page of just like guys calling her like doll, guys calling her, uh, you know, chickadee, guys, um, like asking her to go to parties, guys asking her if they want to play guitar, if she wants to play Guitar Hero, just like bullshit after bullshit after bullshit the bit where she changes positions and then like there's like a line of people to see the new girl like around the tool line is like it's like oh my god it's like so and then she goes to talk to like the boss's boss and then they brush her off too and it's like yeah it's just terrible God, when that comes back at the end, because the HR guy is like, oh, who is your boss that to- that told you not to say anything? And I'm just like, shut up, HR guy. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Across every yeah. industry, everywhere, HR guys just suck. That is the other thing, too, is like, I haven't worked in a job like this, but it is just so many jobs. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I have not worked in a job that's like this, but I have worked at a job that's, like, very taxing, <laughs> I will say. Um, you know, I was at work... You might do that right now. I was at work yesterday <laughs> and almost, like, gotten fistfights with two customers. I didn't start either of those. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, like... But also, like... Oh, yeah, go ahead. There's just a... There is a way in which, like... Especially... You know, the fistfights with customers or the borderline fistfights with customers uh, has gone away for me in a big way. But there was like a couple months there where it was just like it, it all sort of blended together because it would just be like every single day there was something at work. There was, you know, I, I, won't, I won't get into too much of my own work experience because honestly, I just don't really want to get go there right now. But there's a way in which mm-hmm. the days blend together because... So much Holy. of it is so similar, and then it is punctuated by, oh, a bunch of normal stuff happened, and then this one really shitty thing happened, you know? Um, and it yeah. just starts to weigh on you, and you can feel it in the book in a huge way. There's also, like, other things that, like, are, like, every job, but, like, the way, like, they massage, like, the safety numbers to be, like, it's not that no one had any injuries, but it's, like, no one had any time off due to injury is how they got rewarded. Right. <clears throat> Which only happens if the company allows you to get off time off on an injury, but people can just get sent home without pay. Right. Yeah, or like the, the like small things like that, like the safety video she has to watch every time she goes to a new place about like someone cutting their hand off with a power oh, saw or something. Oh my god. <laughs> or like, <laughs> hey, I know you've all looked at this poster, uh, but we're going to look at this poster again and it's going to remind you to be safe, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and like, um, something that does resonate for me is that, uh, the job I've had for a long time, I don't have any more was an overnight job. And that's a job that is similar to this in that you take it and you're like, okay, I like being up at night. I can do that. Mm. And then you don't realize when you take the job that it's going to completely reshape your entire schedule around it. Yeah. Like in ways that you can't know when you take the job, like, this is like to a much more extreme because you're also like leaving where you live and going somewhere else and also taking a job at some weird hours doing some weird yeah thing you don't know mm-hmm. about but it's like it's very relatable and that's the cool thing about this book is that while a lot of the people in it are complete assholes um it does show like the people that are the, the as you go like it's the people it's a it doesn't paint a broad brush about the, the way they're assholes, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so... Sympathetic is maybe the word. Um, she lays it all out uh-huh. um, 
in the book and especially in like the um little afterward at the very end um the way but you can see her like start to talk about this in the like book itself um like the ways in which she's almost not mad at the at the men who are treating her this way because you understand that like hey they're also like far away from their homes and they like see one woman ever and um like the the place that they're in conditions them to be this way you know mm-hmm. um and you especially it's not, it's not like uh the the guy that her dad is talking to at the end of the book who's kind of like talking like all the guys that she had to work with and it's just her dad and his friend like sitting around the kitchen table bullshitting uh but now she sees that in a different light it's so good <clears throat> yeah and like she's it's not like getting off the hook either it's just like it's just culture yeah yeah it's the culture that makes them that way um she even has like there's parts of it where she's like thinking to herself like is this is doing this work creating people that are like this like entirely like is that what this does like as it destroys the land does it also just destroy people that work here mm-hmm. um because, like, there's also, like, that stuff, too, where it's, like, people, everyone has, like, weird coughs and, like, like, weird rashes everywhere. Yeah. God. And, like... It's so gut-wrenching, yeah. um, because they, they make a joke at one point, um, about, like, oh, I don't even want to know what cancer we're all gonna have in 20 years because of this job. Ha ha ha. Uh, and then, I, I knew this, but I had somewhat forgotten about it until I finished the book that uh, Kate Beaton's own sister like died at a very young age of cancer um, that is probably a result of um, you know working here and it's just it's just gut-wrenching dude it's just awful yeah. um, and like not not to stay on the downer mm-hmm. stuff but there are uh the places where the the cartooning changes the most in this, or the the layout of this book changes the most, are during the scenes of uh, sexual assault, yeah. and like where it like leads you into it because like so it'll be going and be like nine pages, nine 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 panel grid, nine panel grid, nine panel grid, and then it'll be like it'll shrink to like three as they go into a room, yeah. and it'll shrink to three, and then we'll. I believe the one is like it's three three and then it's like four blank panels and then it's her alone and then it's a blank page and it's just yeah so devastating yeah the 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 page where she like gets up and like walks out of her body and then you turn and it's um her imagining herself on the beach and then just a black page opposite it's so good it's not even just a black page because like there's little dots. There's just like little white dots all over the page that make me think that like, did she fill that in like herself? You know, did she do Otomo? Like, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And then it's just back to work. Yeah. You, the, you flip from the one totally black page and then it's just one month later. And like, she's like, Found a guy friend, kind of, because she figured out that it, like, kind of keeps people away from her, um, which, good for her. <laughs> um, uh, I thought, <laughs> I remembered, I remembered something that's, like, related to something we were talking about, like, a few minutes ago that I just thought I'd tell people, because it's a little, it's, like, kind of a lighter note and kind of, like, super duper dark, uh, and I just feel like that's appropriate for what this book is, is that, uh-huh. Um, something I didn't think about till we were recording is that, um, every three months at my job, I have to watch the same, uh, video that is about how uh-huh. to deal with, um, a, a, an active shooter situation is what they call it, which basically like if somebody comes into my work with a gun and starts firing, like how to, how to do it. And I have to watch the same five minute video every three months at work. Um, and it doesn't, like, everybody does it, like, everybody at the company does it, and we all just, like, skip it, we all have our, like, there's a moment that everybody at this company laughs at, because there's, like, a funny moment in this video that is not supposed to be funny, um, 
And I don't think that it has ever contributed to anyone feeling safer about someone coming into work with a gun. I think it's just like, like they say in this book, like it is just to cover the company's ass. It is just to like, you know, prevent them from getting sued if something were to happen, you know, and it's awful, but yeah. Those have drifted up here. Oh, I bet. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's the same, like, yeah, the same, like, six training videos every four months, basically. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, like, an, like a provincial police, like, sponsored one on active shooters, which, given where I work now, is very funny, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you can't help but laugh sometimes about that kind of stuff. It's just, like... And, like, this book also does that, too, where it's, like, it is still Kate Beaton comics. Yeah, yeah. So it is still funny a lot of the time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it... I, I... I was like trying to like pull out a specific a- joke and uh, oh, when, it's page 202 but you just flip the page and it's just welcome to fucking Deadwood and they're watching to Deadwood on the TV and it's really <laughs> fucking funny. It also I'll so perfectly reminds you of like the time period that this is all coming out, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> There's a fucking VCR built into the TV they're watching Deadwood on. Hell yeah. <laughs> God, I love TVs with VCRs built into them. Oh, I miss it. That's how I used to watch Dragon Ball Z, because I would have, like, a, you know, my parents would sign me up for soccer games or whatever, or soccer teams, and so we'd, like, record DBZ on the VHS built into the TV. <laughs> <laughs> the thing also doesn't come up a lot, like, that is mentioned, like, a couple times that you don't think about that often, because, like, Kate's there to pay off her um, student loans, uh-huh. but, like, People are, like, working there for a week and then flying home for the weekend. Crazy. Yeah, right? Like, there is so much money happening. Yeah. Like, like, it is just boggling my mind, the idea that you could pay your student loans in two years working here. You know? Uh-huh. Fucking insane. And, like, it's Canadian, it's Canadian dollars, right? So, mm. that'll, that'll be part of it. That, like, it's, like... 75% of what you think it is or like 80% on a good mm-hmm. year. But still. But like yeah, it's still it's still a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um like and how that money is everywhere. Yeah. And you can't escape it. Yeah, because <laughs> there's the interlude where she like leaves um and she's like trying to make it like working 20 hours a week at a museum and oh, I'll try waitressing or I'll try being a maid or I'll try this and that. Um and it's just like you you can't pay the you cannot pay the bills with that and certainly not the way you could with um you know the oil money uh which sucks you know it's, it's the book is just it's kind of funny oh, and kind of sad in that little bit where she gets fired uh because of um some lady complained um because i just <laughs> i just compare it to my own job where like Truly, like, and this is this is partially, I think, like the change in the like fifteen years between when this book is set and now. Um, every everybody in management above me knows customers love to complain, and getting someone fired won't actually do anything. Customers just like complaining, so this shit just doesn't happen. At least at my job anymore. Um, I also work a very different job that requires a lot more training than being a grocery store cashier. So I don't know. Uh, I found the page, by the way. You go. The, the page that I think about in this book a lot, it's page 300. Um, let's see. Um. <laughs> I love this guy's, like, walrus mustache so much. <laughs> He's so good. No, the, guy, the other, other side. Oh, the other side. Um. <laughs> the guy saying, hands off the cake vultures. <laughs> And he has the cake because they have a photo op because they didn't have any accidents. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, oh, it's perfect. We don't have accidents because accidents would be bad, and so we don't have them. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. But yeah, I don't know if I have that much to say about this book. Other news is really, really good. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, and yeah, you sent that essay, and I've been like skimming it while we've been talking. Um. And I will share that in the show notes because it's really good. Um, and I think it does a, a lot of work to refocus the book on um, 
the the broader stuff that I think is in the book, but like that the oh Kate Beaton Kate Beaton memoir. Um, I think people like miss how um it is about the land and it is about the um climate change and and everything. You know. So I will make sure that to work that jobs to live in capitalism. Yep. 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 And sometimes those jobs are the dirt worst. Uh, I try not to think too much about how, like, where the coffee beans that I sell to people come from. <laughs> you uh-huh. know? Because uh, I do think about Everything it, and I a, think, we, we... maybe I should find another job, and then I think I wouldn't make as much money doing anything else, and I do have to just provide for, you know, me and Nora on some level. So... It's funny to think about that I learned about like that kind of stuff from a comic book, which is funny. Because mm. like old British comics used to be like about um there's one specifically, it's called it's called like it's called it was in Crisis, uh one of the magazines like around two thousand AD but not two thousand AD. Like they ran like there was like Toxic and a couple other ones, but they're like more like off to the side. Like there was a co- small comic in that a magazine about uh, one of the intifadas in Palestine. There was one, one of them was just about like, oh yeah, the world ended, and here's what happened in the last world. It's like people were exploiting everyone for like, and they, they talked about like Coca Cola and like Nestle and all that stuff. Uh huh. It's cool. Yep. It's weird. Like it, it it's that's a, that's a one thing like people take for granted about comics a lot of the time too is that like it's a great medium. For, well, we're gonna do this next week too, I guess, because we're doing one just about the way that comics can teach you how to learn things. Yeah. But comics are really good at delivering information about a lot of different topics that are not often like good in like entertainment media, if that makes any sense. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think I would watch this TV show. You know what I mean? No, I wouldn't, I would not be just me personally. Like I'm not going to watch the documentary about this. There are lots of people who do enjoy, you know, documentaries about all sorts of things. That's not me, but like, um yeah like reading the reading the comic about it it's just um it's good especially you know uh we come on here we talk about billy bat or jack kirby comics um it's good (laughs) it's nice to remember that like yeah comics can be a lot of different things you know yeah it's also interesting that the ducks don't come into the comic until page 329 yeah yeah i thought this i thought that ducks were going to be like a motif throughout the book in some way um and no, it's just toward the end. <laughs> Is that that's that's after that when they're making like the weird robot to like scare the ducks away so they don't go into the pond? No, so there's a. It's not even that. Well, a couple things happen. One, some ducks um, are like harmed by the oil. Two, yeah, yeah. there is a New York Times article about it. So three, they come up with like weird machines that just fire buckshot into the air when ducks get in the air. I guess. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like blanks, basically. Yeah, like scare the ducks off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is just everybody, everybody at the job just being like, I don't know what the company thinks this is going to do, but it's going to make them feel better about it. Which is how a lot of like, you know, COVID precautions felt at my job in 2020 is like, I don't uh-huh. think this is going to do anything, but we'll make all the higher ups feel better. So I guess this is what we do oh. now, you know? How many plastic screens were installed in your workplace? Oh, (laughs) fucking everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Guess how many of them were recycled at the end of that? Fucking zero. (laughs) Uh, A lot of them are still up where I work. It's kind of weird. They're just kind of there, though. They're like weird relics of the last three years. Another cool thing about that we haven't mentioned that is um, wherever Kate goes, there's a table of contents of faces of people that are going to be in this part of the story. Yeah. Which is helpful because sometimes they blend together a little bit, you know? It's also interesting, like, percentage-wise, how many people on each of these are from Alberta. Yes. It's like three or four out of 12. Yeah. All the time. Um, Yeah, yeah. The one guy who gets all all mad at them because he's like, I'm from here. The rest of you, like, Newfoundland people can fuck off. And everybody just kind of stares at him because he's being an asshole. But... He's also like not entire like because they're like they're like they're they're there working a job like being like all like shitty about how the job's really bad that they flew like six thousand wherever miles to like right, work out. Yeah. 
And he's like, yeah, I'm stuck here. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, like, he's got a point, but also he's an asshole, but also, like, yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot of the book, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is like, yeah. <laughs> it is kind of just the book in microcosm. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. That's the other thing I keep forgetting. Um, there's a bit that comes up every so often in this book where it's like, she'll be on the road in like a bus. People are talking about the guys who drive trucks. And there's always like a car off on the, in like the ditch, like yeah. flipped over. Yeah. It's like, it's like, there's a lot of like ways that the book is horrific, both like up front about it and also like off to the side. Yeah. There's the first time that she sees a car just slip on the ice and like somebody's killed, I think. Uh, and then it just sort of becomes the background noise to life in a huge way you know yeah um and there's a time that she gets really worried about it because she thinks maybe it's uh someone from cape breton but um for the most part Uh it's just kind of like there and there's that very cute three-legged fox i do love the three-legged fox (laughs) she has to scare away because it's gonna get two-legged fox yeah yeah but this book was very good um yeah, well, next time we are going to be joined by uh, Mark of uh, Whale Statements uh, to talk uh-huh. about Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics. I might try to read some Zot in between now and then. Uh, I've read some Zot before, but uh, it's been a long time, and I, I'm not saying that we'll we'll cover Zot. I'm just saying that I should revisit it sometime this week. Um, <laughs> and then after that, we're going to be doing... Um, an Alan Moore comic, oh, top thanks. ten. So I'm excited to uh-huh. talk about that. I have an idea for what to do after that one, if you Hit wanted me. one. Um, do you want to do uh, Through the Woods and Into the Castle? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, the Emily Carroll books for those listening. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. I, bl- I believe it's called Into. The- Is it called Into? The- it's called something Castle. Uh. Um, uh Lord. I just downloaded it the other day because I was downloading random old uh, comics, both that and I was only it was a Star Reach, which is kind of stupid, but whatever. Um, <laughs> what the hell is this thing called? When I arrived at the castle. When I arrived at the from from 2019. Yeah, I get it mixed up. There's a Shirley Jackson book called "We Have Always Lived at the Castle," and so I just cannot keep this name straight in my head. <laughs> but you know, um, uh-huh. one of those. Is uh more of a like um a young adult horror book, uh-huh. and one of those is not. <laughs> one of those is a very adult horror book. If you are under the age of eighteen, maybe skip when I arrived what? at the castle. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, Rick, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and co-host at Combatler Rick B. Um and. I'm not going to plug anything of mine, but you should go listen to Around the Long Fire. It's that the best. It's so good, dude. Not just because they talk <laughs> about my podcast on there. <laughs> they they talk about Autumn a lot, and they're very tr- right about how nice Autumn is <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and how generous a podcast co-host they are. Mm-hmm. I do my best. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. you can find me on. Uh, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at a thumbnail underscore coffee. You can find me on co-host at a thumbnail. I've gotten back to doing the weekly roundup posts after a few weeks off because my work was crazy. Um, so if you want to see all things export audio, you can see it there. Uh, you can also go to exportaud.io. That'll take you to our Patreon page. We've got links to the free feeds. We've got for a dollar a month, you get early access to a bunch of things like our Highlander podcast that we're doing right now. <laughs> uh, you should. Um... Go listen to that podcast because it's great, and also because Christopher Lambert's a weirdo. He's such a goddamn. We didn't. Okay, so we <laughs> forgot to mention the thing that Nora kept saying to me, and which will probably come up on our Highlander Two episode, which is that Nora kept saying that she thinks Christopher Lambert should have played Han Solo. What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'll let her defend herself next week. I just. She's like, oh, he would have been I such. Guess a good- I cannot. I guess I can kind of, like, it's Harrison Ford in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I will let her defend that take uh, next week. Uh, I just, I thought Christopher Lambert was like a serial killer complimentary all through that movie. Anyway, for $5 a month, you get 
uh, bonus episodes of this podcast and also Pop Town Funk. Uh, Nora and I are going to record another one of those. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, question mark? Um, we just have to talk. We just have to watch 20 minutes of Care Bears and then bullshit for 40 minutes, so it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) That podcast is so dumb. I love it so much. It's so stupid. I love how also, like, in this grand scheme of Funko Pops, right, Care Bears is probably, like, the least offensive thing you could possibly have rolled. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's not like a three-hour Thor movie that's, like, by all accounts, the worst thing I've ever heard of. I did I did the science. Um, it is the third worst Marvel movie I've ever seen. <laughs> now, granted, I haven't seen Infinity War Endgame, so... Um, uh, oh, right. I should mention that, too. Uh, we should do certain comic books about movies and TV shows being made now that we don't want to think about when they get closer to being coming out. Uh... Give me an example. I think I know what you mean. Uh, well, like, for example, uh, we should read the good comics about Amanda Waller before that stupid TV show happens. Yes, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we should... <laughs> <Like>, we <laughs> should just do Suicide Squad at some point. Yeah. <laughs> or some of it. Um, Ostrander's yeah. Suicide Squad is like seven volumes, I want to say? It's... it's like 60 issues, I believe, exactly. Yeah, okay. Um... But we could just like you just do like that the first one of those and it's it's like it's a it's like a contained thing that's the whole point. Yeah, or we we could even do like here's the first three trades and uh, it's gonna get like there's gonna be ups and downs from here, but you kind of know what it is after the first three. Yeah, you yeah. know, like there's there's that there's like we should probably do a Simonson comic at some point. I I assume that in the fullness of time, we will just end up talking about Simonson Thor to death on this podcast, but also, like, maybe we'll, like, I don't know, uh, I'm always trying to push Alien the Illustrated story on people, um, oh, yeah. there's also, there's a bunch of Simonson Orion's we could good. do. Yeah. Oh, I did, I'll mention this, because they're just fun, you can put one of these in the show notes, um, I, sh- I showed you those heavy metal pages that they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the 80s, or like, it's either the late 80s or the, it's the 80s to the 90s, uh, Simonson and a bunch of people got, they, they worked at heavy metal, like, just as, like, a fun thing to do. So they just got, like, single page things. And their pitch for this was to tell Shakespeare stories to Americans by turning them into, like, genre pastiches on single pages of comics. And, like, they're all pretty great. But, like, they got, like, Frank Miller to do one that's about uh, the Ides of March, and it's just Caesar walking into, like, a detective agency and getting shot 30 times and then getting stabbed by Brutus <laughs> in black and white. And it's so good. It's so good, dude. <laughs> um, um, one The Othello one's a Miami Vice TV spot. Oh, my God. It's so perfect. You know what we should do is we should do um, the Simonson Orion series, because I haven't actually read that. Um that one's fun. It's all. It's not very long either. It's like twenty five issues. Yeah, I'm looking at. I'm looking at Wikipedia, and it says twenty five issues. Um, I know. Yeah. I know one. I know there's one issue that is just a huge ass fight, and that's about all I know. So, it it gets it 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 does the like, yeah, it, it does a lot of the same like. It's a lot like Thor, but like in a weird. It's 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 cool. <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the times that I think the new gods are handled well in DC universe, and that's a very small list of times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I de- I'm generally <laughs> like, whenever whenever new gods sh- stuff shows up outside of Kirby, I like come in with a healthy dose of skepticism. But I feel like like Simonson is, you know, the the closest thing you can get to Kirby without being Kirby in some ways, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, Ironside's in Highlander too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And for your information, he's the bad guy in scan. He's the guy making guys' heads explode in scanners. Okay. Okay. So not the guy whose head exploded. Okay. <laughs> um, he's great. I should watch Scanners. Scanners is great. Do you know what that? Have you seen that? No, I've only seen from Cronenberg. I've seen Videodrome. Uh, I've seen a history of violence like fifteen years ago. Can I sell you on scanners in 10 seconds? Yeah, absolutely. Patrick McGowan plays Professor Charles Xavier, basically. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like he's recruiting, like, psychics to be on his X-Men team against his evil guy. Okay. <laughs> in, like, 70s Canada. It's great. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Videodrome, A History of Violence, uh, and there's one... Oh, oh The Fly. The Fly. 
Crash? I have not seen Crash. Oh, no? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to uh, one of these days. Seen... It seems up my alley. There's a bunch I want to see from him. Like, I haven't seen Dead Ringers yet. Um, yeah, that one looks really good. Um, I saw the new one. The new one's like, it's fun, but it's like a greatest hits almost. Crimes of the Future? Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's the problem with a guy like Cronenberg, is that if you see the early stuff, and he does he does hit on the same things like a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So it can almost feel like greatest he's playing the hits almost. Cosmopolis is fun. That's a different um, weird thing. For some reason, um, Crimes of the Future and Benedetta get mixed up in my head because they're just, oh, here's the big comeback from guy who directed fucked up 80s movies, you know? Oh, yeah, that's the Verhoeven one, yeah, right? Yeah, which I'd really yeah. like to see Benedetta. That sounds up my alley. Is that just like nun stuff? Yeah, it's just fucked up nun stuff from what I can tell. Um, that's a genre. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah podcast podcast um i'm gonna let you go i'm gonna let all the listeners go um do we have a sign off uh, not anymore because billy bat's over <laughs> shoot there's not there's not any fun catchphrases in ducks to circle back to <laughs> there's not not on most in most comics yeah <laughs> God. uh i guess <laughs> oh i do have okay one more thing yeah. sorry before we go yeah. Um, we're doing Understanding Comics next week, and it'll probably come out around the same time this episode does, so it doesn't make sense to ask questions about that. Uh, but if people are reading Top 10, I'd like to know your favorite aside or gag in that book about superheroes. Yeah. Um, oh, I should tell you, um, so my trip to Dallas will probably not mess up the Understanding Comics, but probably because of the trip to Dallas, we'll have to miss one week for the Top yeah, 10. Yeah, that's fine. So yeah, people... Send in send in all your Alan Moore emails. Maybe, you know. Yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, send us your Swamp Thing thoughts. Send us your top 10 thoughts. Send us whatever. From Hell, if you just have From Hell on the mind, tell us whatever you're thinking. From Hell is so fucking good, Man, dude. Man, From Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that book's so fucking good. Okay, expertaudiopodcast at gmail.com. Put comics <laughs> in the subject line or put coffee in the subject line just so I can find it easy. Uh... Yeah, that, that, now we're done. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>